Romans 15, chapter the seventh verse says this. Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ received us to the glory of God. We'll read it one more time. Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ received us to the glory of God. I lifted this verse out of its context, but I'm not changing its meaning from the context in which it lays within the Word. For in the Word, it's talking about how we should live lives that are uplifting to the name of the Lord. And so, setting this verse in that understanding, wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ has received us, received us to the glory of God. I want to talk today about something that uh, is really more about maturity as a Christian and maturity in the body of Christ. I see the church as a twofold entity. I see the church, number one, as a hospital for the hurting, the broken, the wounded, the injured. I see, I see it as the place for those who can't seem to figure it out can come and figure it out in Christ Jesus. I see it as the well of salvation. That's all part of the, what I see as the church as a hospital, the well of salvation where you can drink the waters of life that restore what's been broken, what's been messed up in you. Oh, boy, that's really going to mess with me. I can't look back no more. So having uh, with that thought in mind, the second thing I see the church is as I see the church as a training center, a raising up uh, an understanding of, of how to become mature in the handling of the Word of God so that the Word of God isn't just something I quote or allude to, but the Word of God becomes such a part of me that it exudes from me. It comes out of me. It changes me from the inside out and causes me to get to a place of maturity so that I'm no longer the person I was when I came into the house of hope and healing, uh, but now I'm the person who's standing at the door of the house of hope and healing, helping to pull others in and help them get strong in their faith. Does that sound like a good depiction of the church to you? That's my depiction of the church. So today's lesson is going to be uh, about... Uh, one, how do I say this? Uh, one of the simple things we can do, and when I say simple, how many knows nothing is simple? <laughs> but the, one of the more simple things that we can do to prove our maturity in Christ. Are you ready? How many have ever been caught off guard by someone else's behavior? Or their response to something that set you back for a minute? Have you ever, you ever dealt with someone and you thought they were a mature Christian? Let's just put it in that realm. You thought they were a mature Christian, and then suddenly they did something outside of the character of Christianity, and you went, whoa, whoa, where'd that come from? How many have ever had that experience? Just raise your hand. All right. So this is the right group of people. So let me ask you this. We've all experienced it. Well, what was your response to it? What was your response? 
Did you give them the benefit of the doubt? Or did you get upset? Even get mad? Were you offended and stopped all communication with them? Or did you make an excuse for them and choose to believe the best about them? Which one of those statements do you think is spiritual maturity? The last one, wasn't it? Giving them the, the understanding, making an excuse in your heart, in your mind for them that maybe they're just having a moment. How many understand that the mistakes you made in your life do not define you? Aren't you glad you're not defined by your mistakes from the past? Aren't you glad your past doesn't walk around? Aren't you glad you don't have to wear a scarlet letter on your sweater saying, I messed up, I blew it, I made a mess? Wouldn't it be horrible if we had to walk around with a sign on us that told about all the things we'd done? <laughs> I can't imagine. I've been serving the Lord since I was a kid, but I can't imagine how long that list would be that I'd be dragging around. Because I've made a lot more mistakes as a Christian than I did uh, as a sinner because I wasn't a sinner, you know, in that sense very long. We're all sinners saved by grace. But I didn't live in the world that long. So I've made more mistakes as a Christian and made more bumbles and messed up more things as a believer than, than a non-believer. And I am so thankful for the mercy and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you just take somebody like Steve Johnson. Can you imagine the list that would be behind him? <laughs> I'm just messing with you, brother. <laughs> I had to do that. I just had to do that. I almost did it to Tracy, but I thought, no, I'll just do it. I'll just do it to Steve. I know Steve won't beat me up. I ain't so sure about it. Because I have to get a I have to get a haircut and a shave from him once in a while. So <laughs> how many have, have figured out that people, even in their best moments, can do things that throw you off? Things that you're scratch your head you even baffle you on the 15th of this month i celebrated 45 years of ministry thank you i didn't say that i guess i gave enough pause right there i didn't say that for a hand clap but thank you um but I've learned through my 45 years of ministry that most people who act offensively don't do it on purpose. Most generally, people who act offensively or hurtful to someone else aren't even aware of how they are being perceived by someone else. The majority of the time. There are some people. I've had to throw a few out. <laughs> But haven't you had those moments in your life when someone misinterpreted your intentions? You ever been misunderstood? Have you ever meant something good, but it didn't come out that way to the people you were talking to? 
It didn't come out that way to the people you, you know, you're representing yourself to, or representing Christ to, and pretty soon you're, 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 you're cleaning up something. Have you ever said something loving and kind to somebody and they heard it negatively and came back at you? It's happened to me many times. Because the enemy loves to twist what is said. And a person who's working, maybe, maybe they have a, an offense in their own heart. Maybe they have a woundedness from something that happened in their life. Maybe they have trouble with an authority. Maybe they have trouble with Christianity. And when you speak to them, oftentimes you can say something in a positive way, but it can get twisted to a very negative thing. And the next thing you know, you're dealing with someone who's offended over something. And it would be easy to get a counter offense in that situation. Well, if you're going to act like that, who needs you? <laughs> Colleen's favorite word, bite me. <laughs> I ain't never figured that out. Bite me. That's going to hurt you a whole lot more than it is them. That don't even make sense. Bite me. <laughs> but I've been misunderstood when my heart is really pure. And I've had people come to me and say things that were so off the wall, I'm like, where are they coming from? And how did they get, draw that conclusion? And how did they get that thought in their mind? Is that, am I hitting anybody in the house? Has anyone experienced what I'm talking about? Well, I think we've all been misunderstood somewhere along the line. Can you say amen to that? But have your motives ever been called into question? Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you been perceived totally different than what you intended I certainly have. A lot. It happens. And here's the sad thing. That is natural in the world. It's a natural thing in man. Because of the rebellion and the fallen nature of man. That is natural. But in the church, it happens. Is it okay if I just speak like a papa? It happens in the walls. But it's not God's intention. And if it happens inside the walls, we have an obligation. We have an obligation to go to that person and work that out. You don't want to leave a brother wounded. Or if you got wounded the Bible puts the responsibility on you. If you have an offense, leave the altar and go make it right. You have an obligation to do what is right in the sight of the Lord. So we cannot leave this type of thing undone. I know this isn't a run all over the house and shouting message like Anthony did Thursday night, and he'd done such a wonderful job. But I'm coming to you as Papa. I'm coming to you because in the day and age we live, the enemy has been a master. Churches have split over misinterpreted things and intentions and things that have been said that were misinterpreted by the, by the hearer. And the enemy's a master at twisting and deceiving. 
And I think people ought to learn how to, how do I want to say this? Instead of assuming that the other person was intentional with what they did, I think we ought to learn how to assume I misunderstood you. I misunderstood you. What would you say? Love assumes the best. Love assumes the best. And God is love. And think about how many offensive things have we done to Christ. And yet, he still loves us. So look at this. I know this isn't a shouting message, but I'm going to get you through it. Look at this. So this is what Paul is teaching us. Just as you want people to believe the best about you, we must apply that very same grace to everyone else. And I think we should try to do it both inside and outside the walls. Not leave a worldly person misperceiving. And sometimes people won't hear it. They won't hear that you did it right or that your heart is right. And if that's the case, all you can do is walk away and pray. But within the body, we cannot have a schism. And I'm, there's no, I'm not aware of anything going on in the body, so get that off your mind right now. I just want to teach us something that will help us in the days ahead, the things that are coming. Because the enemy who is grasping through principality and power to try to overtake the world and bring us into a one ungodly mindset is doing everything and working overtime within the body and within society to try to bring offense inside the church so that he can split up the church. Mm. So, if someone does something offensive to you, don't rush to judgment. Don't assume that the other person would never, or, or do assume, I'm sorry, do assume that the other person would never deliberately intend to do something offensive to you. This is, this is biblical maturity. It doesn't, I didn't say that it's always easy, but I said it's always right. This requires more intentionality on your part to do what is mature. A good rule to live by is give the grace, maturity, and understanding to others that you want to receive from them. The mercy you sow is the mercy you will harvest. I'm going to say that again. The mercy you sow is the mercy you will harvest. How many understand that even the best intentioned Christian will have a, a misjudgment somewhere? How many know that you could be as squeaky clean as you can possibly be, but you'll have a slip up somewhere. Just put a hammer in my hand. I watched these carpenters, boom, boom. When, when, when these guys were building on my garage, they were, they were driving these nails. They were this long. By the second whack, I would have had that thing bent 
you know, to the east or west or whatever. And uh, Steve would do it, and he pounded until his arm looked like it was going to fall right out of the socket a couple times. And, and never once did I hear him grumble, but I know what would have happened when I bent that nail the first time. I would have been going, I'd be going, oh, oh you guys are so holy. It happens even to, to, to people who are disciplined in your walk. You can be disciplined and blow it. You can have a guard set over your mouth but say the wrong thing. And you say the wrong thing sometimes when we're trying to deal with other people don't even realize we might have pushed a, a soft button in them that's wounded, hurt, broken, and our words caused a wound. And so when they get upset, we get upset. And so both of us are upset. We start hollering at one another and acting crazy and goofy and acting stupid. Uh, I kid you not, I have said in church board meetings, not at passion. We'll make this clear. But I have said in church board meetings in other places and heard the F-bomb dropped in anger to people who are serving in that place. I've heard people called anything but righteous in a church meeting. And when that happened, my heart said, boy, don't ever act like this when you're dealing with my people. I sat there horrified. This happened many years ago when I, was, I, wasn't, I didn't even have a title except uh, elder. And I was sitting in that meeting and I walked away so grieved and my heart was so heavy. And when the person who got the verbal bashing left the room, the pastor and the associate pastor were bragging to each other of how well it was handled. And my heart took a hit that day. And I was so grieved. And I began to pray for the individual who had been berated that way. That should never be in the house of God. It's okay to disagree. It's okay not to always see eye to eye. But it is never right to rip somebody apart, tear somebody down, and wreck them and wreck their reputation. Never. You slap your neighbor a high five and say I told you so before you get stirred up and upset the next time someone offends you remember this chances are you have in some form or fashion done this same type of thing to someone else along the way but for the mercy of God go I but for the grace of God could have been me Speak to your emotions when you want to get upset and offended with someone else, especially in the body of Christ. There is no reason to call splits and divisions and hurts and heartaches within the body. Who can say amen? Remind yourself of the many times that Christ has had mercy on your failures. And remind yourself of the times other mature people 
have given you mercy or the benefit of the doubt that you were intentionally in wrongdoing. In other words, they weren't blaming you of being intentional. They realized you were having a moment. Because we all have moments. I'm going to pick on Anthony for just a moment. Anthony is a great communicator. He's a great leader. He's a powerhouse in the kingdom. But if I'm honest, once in a while, we get a glitch where we're not communicating clear to each other. And I just put him through something here not long ago where I didn't communicate clear enough that caused him some heartache. But here's how you handle that. You assume that they don't mean it the way you heard it. You assume that I messed up. When I, when I said something here not long ago that, that caused uh, uh, Anthony and Katie a, a, a little bit of a heartache, hear the maturity. They pondered it for a couple of days before they said anything, and they molded over in their heart and their mind, and they determined that we'll not do anything that would be hurtful or harmful or bring the church in any kind of a, a bad light, but we're going to go to pastor and figure this out. I commend you all because that was fabulous. You handled that in maturity. Handled that in maturity. And I was able to sit in that meeting and explain to them, oh, I never intended to hurt, never intended to cause you a problem. Uh, my communication wasn't the best, and I apologize for that. And after we got through that moment, it was hug, hug, kiss, kiss. Of course, he was kissing her. I did not kiss her. I just wanted you to see it happens even in Passion Church. It can happen. It can happen at any level of our walk in Christ. Don't assume that the person on the other end has bad intentions. Don't assume that. Is this all right what I'm teaching you today? In Romans 15, 7, Paul gave us a helpful word to assist us with our endeavor to walk in peace and harmony with other people. When he said, receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. That word receive is the Greek word proslambano. Proslambano. It sounds Italian, doesn't it? Proslambano, huh? Proslambano, huh? Bring it over here, huh? That's what it sounds like. If there's any Italian folk here, I'm not making fun of you. It's a compound word of pros and labano, pros and labano. Pros means towards you, the idea of being close to something. Lambano means to take or to receive. So what this word really means is to receive with a welcoming attitude. To receive with a welcoming attitude attitude. How are we to receive each other in the body of Christ? With a good attitude that says, I'm going to believe the best about you, even if I haven't seen the best that you are. I'm going to believe that God loves you so much. He values you so much 
that I'm not about to put my mouth against you. I'm going to love you even if you make mistakes in front of me. I'm going to love you even if you say hurtful things to me. I, I will work that out with you. We'll rub it out together. I think that's one of Anthony's words. We'll rub that out together. We'll take that sore spot and make it good between us because I'm not about to let the devil put in my mind harmful things about you. By the way, isn't that how Jesus received us? He received us with a welcoming attitude. Think about that. When you came to Christ, you were living in sin. You were far removed from his heart. Your mind didn't think in godly fashion. Your heart didn't do godly things. Your actions were just following the temptations of this world and the God, little g, Satan, of, of, and his, his temptations. But when you came to Jesus dragging all of the darkness that you have been into to the altar, when you came up here and you said, Jesus... I need to change. I want to change. I receive you. I'll do it your way. I'm tired of my way. The moment you did that, it as, is as if you never, ever blew it ever one time. And if you understand the word, it says that he not only covers what you did in the past, he'll take care of you now. And the word says he'll take care of you in the future. As long as your heart is, I want to do it your way, you are covered. You are covered. Is everybody with me so far? So, didn't he take you as you were at the time when you came to him? Didn't he take you with all of your attitude problems? Your problems, your defects, your inconsistencies, and your blemishes. According to this word, proslambano, everybody was waiting for me to make a joke. We are to receive each other with our arms wide open just as Jesus has done for us. Which means that we have to do a lot of forgiving and overlooking in order to keep this command. Let me qualify this. This does not mean that we overlook or ignore intentional sinful behaviors without correction. Let's put the balance in. But having the heart of Christ for our brothers and sisters in Christ, that is our goal. So let's stop concentrating on the faults and the flaws in another and concentrate on how to be more merciful and forgiving. Because if we give mercy... We will receive mercy. And sometimes we have to overlook a flaw to see the person God sees. And if we can do that, that brings glory to the Father. That brings glory to the Father. So, to quote a Disney movie, let it go. Let it go. We have to let it go. 
and we have to assume the best for our brothers and sisters. Can you say amen with that? Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for such a simple message, Father, and yet something so profound that it takes time to get our heart and our mind around. Today we ask, Father, that you would grant us your mercy and your strength, that we could be everything that you've called us to be. Father, help me to give the benefit of the doubt to those around me. Austin, would you mind coming? Help me, Father, to be that man who doesn't bear the offenses of someone else, who doesn't stay offended. For, Father, the word's very clear that a person who is offended cannot receive from God. And they cannot receive from the person that they're offended with. Even Jesus offended people while living in this earth because human nature is weak. So we need your supernatural, Father, in this hour in which we live. We need your strength for this moment in time. As the enemy is trying to unravel the world around us, Father, we're going to have to become closer and closer and closer in our relationship within the body of Christ. There are days coming, Father, when we are going to depend upon one another. And we're going to need one another. So there's no room, Father, for schism No room for argument. No room for unforgiveness. No room for offense in the body. Father, as I said earlier today, I want to be like David. You know my heart. You see me. You know me better than I know me. And if there's something in me that needs repaired, God, I want to fix it and fix it now. I don't want to drag around a critical spirit. I don't want to walk around with an offense on my shoulder. I don't want my mind plagued at night because I can't forgive someone else. I don't want my heart laid open bare, Father, To the enemy's wiles, the enemy's schemes. I want to close the door on this ungodliness that I may live all the days of my life to the finish line in the love of Christ. I want to look like Jesus, I want to walk like Jesus. I want to smell like Jesus. I want everything I do to have the fragrant odor of the worship and the presence of God Almighty. Search my heart, God, and see if there's anything in me. With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment, I know this is maybe foreign to some of you, but I've got to do what God says to you. You're here today and you know you're apart from God. You know you haven't been living right. 
and you know the truth, but you're just not living it. I want to give you an opportunity to turn that right now, right here today. You don't have to go another minute apart from God. You don't have to go another second living in a way that you're afraid of when you lay your head on the pillow at night that if it should end, where am I? If you're ready, if you're ready to say, I, I don't understand it all, but I'm ready to do it your way. Without hesitation, I don't want to embarrass you, but if that's you, well, there's no one else looking, would you raise your hand and say, pray with me, Pastor? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, I love that. Thank you, thank you. Father, I pray for these individuals right now. Many of them know you, Father, but there's just a thought in their heart, in their mind, Lord, that I need to go a step further in God. I want to go a step further in God. Father, my heart goes out to them this morning because I've been here so many times myself. I'm going to ask those individuals to unashamedly just come. And I'm not through with this altar call, but if you raised your hand, please don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. If you need to bring a friend, bring a friend, but just come. And let us agree with you. I need lit students to line up beside me here. Because you're going to help me to be the prayer warriors today. Just come. Don't be afraid. Don't hold back. 